Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 421 of the JV Club with my colleague at Maximum Fun Network, Drea Clark. She is currently the host of the Untitled Iffy Drea and Alonzo Project. It is uh, terrific. I love their perspectives on film. I do enjoy nerding out on movies, and I did enjoy nerding out on Drea. It's a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. It's been a really fun way to sort of button the Max Fun Drive joyfulness that we experienced the last couple of weeks. I want to thank everybody who upgraded, boosted, became a new member. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support, not just of my podcast, but of the rest of the podcasts on the network and the wonderful people working at Max Fun HQ. You can always become a member. Rest assured, I believe I said something about that in this week's episode. Uh, If you feel like you want to be a member, but you're just so crushed that you can't get a JV Club pin, I want to let you know I do feel like I'm going to buy some additional ones and keep them to send as gifts. So if you want one and you didn't get a chance to get one, you can show me you became a $10 a month member. (laughs) I'm going to get a pin to you, okay? Enjoy this episode, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay, so you were just telling me that you made your first real venture out of town recently, very recently. You just got back yesterday. Um, And I am so interested to hear, especially because you did drive up there, Mm -hmm. how it felt to sort of... Because I also did a recent, much shorter little mini road trip. um, And it really, I felt like I was... I mean, it was, I felt like I was in, I went to Santa Barbara for one night and I was like, this is the most exotic place I've ever been Truly. in my life. Like everything Truly. seemed so fresh. Well, and for me, it felt even more of a big deal. So not to brag, but I live by myself and oh, here we go. Oh yeah. So here we go. <laughs> I have not. And also because I was relatively high risk, um, I have not been in a store in over a year. I've had my groceries delivered. I've been adhering to a lot of things. My friends are like, again, not to brag, one of my best friends has lupus. Like, we've just been all very, like, in our caves, but like 10 miles from each other, but only over Zoom contacting. So I haven't, yeah, I haven't been inside with another person for like 14 some months or hugged anyone or anything. And so... My parents are both vaccinated and they had retired to Northern California. I'm based in LA and I'm vaccinated. And I literally was like countdown clock for the like vax cooking in two week process. And yeah. yeah, And then I, I got it. I drove up to their place and then it was, it was so surreal. Just like, First off, if you've ever driven L.A. to Northern California, it's sort of the five. I just took the five. Oh, yeah. But I've done it many you know, times because it's right? such fest. Oh, exactly. Some exactly. of it, so it goes from like some of it's like feels wildly interesting. And then it's just not for a really long time. Well, I'm from the Midwest, so I've driven Minnesota, Nebraska oh, and sure. back a million times which is nothing but wildly uninteresting. Uh-huh. So the California one's still, it's still got that beat. But yeah, you have like some mountain terrain. You have these beautiful sort of rolling hills. And it was like, oh, the world, it's still out yes, here. Yes. Like I was crawling out of a bunker or something. And then, um, yeah, so I was like, I kept counting down. Like 
I got a hug and I was like, first hug. And my mom and I went and got Manny Petties. And I was like, first nail salon. (laughs) We went to a movie theater and I took them to see Nomadland. Ooh, you really did. Listen, you just dipped. You didn't dip. You went in the pool, baby. You went in the pool. I'm back, baby. I did a whole <laughs> Jack Nicholson. I don't even know what that was, but you did a, you did an you did an anti bucket list. You did a I'm not going to die, yes. and I'm going to do maybe some simpler things. The most so inane bucket list, a, right. a simpleton's bucket list. But yes, right. but it was my bucket list. So and then, but it was very funny, like. I can't remember what something happened and my dad gave me a high five and it's like, my her first high five. <laughs> like everything counted. Like, yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I think there's something, I mean, I, there's, I, I feel like, I mean, I'm sure conversations like this obviously are happening everywhere. Hopefully instead of being, you know, a snore, it's much more a sense of community and this, this feeling of, again, these things that so many of us can all relate to, whatever our circumstances have been or whatever, whatever else makes us different. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm almost envious because I didn't, I didn't go to this I, I didn't shelter in place to that extreme mm. um it, I did like yes I you know there was like a re- there's a really quiet out of the way grocery store near my physical therapist where I did not go for a very long time until we all felt like I could go with a mask on but so I have I had these ventures out into even if it's just doctor's appointments and grocery stores I've definitely like and 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 lots of just being outside and and um there's part of you that kind of envies the like extreme to new to, to like really everything like my first high five. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. sort of envious of that feeling of crawling out of the bunker and at the end of a movie, you know, because I didn't I didn't quite have that, which is such a weird. But I know what envy. you mean. I think it's because it feels regardless or feels regardless. It does feel regardless. <laughs> it feels dramatic regardless how anyone went through. And I think the thing the next. The next two years of small talk are going to center around how yeah. each of our pandemic experiences yeah. were just a little different or a lot different than the people around us. So, like, yeah. even for me and my other shut-in friends, how we experienced it was different because of how much work we had. Or I've I've strangely had what I felt like a lot was a lot of social engagement, even if it was from my bedroom. Sure. Um. Ooh, a sentence that in the before times would have been much more exciting. <laughs> All this bedroom social Now engagement. everyone knows what you mean. And it's like, <laughs> like zoom it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just where I zoom from. But like I, because I have our podcast and I was like, oh, we had guests. So I got to meet a new person each week and yes. um, the sort of regular viewing things. But it's also... I was, I'm someone, I'm a producer and a festival programmer. I've worked from home for years. So I was sort of already set up for that. And I live in a city that it's very easy to get things delivered. And so it was less a thing of me being a, oh, I'm a nail biter. And this is the, and just, oh no, I've always been a square. I can do this. I follow the rules Mm -hmm. and I'm able Mm -hmm. to. I'm also, it was a big thing of realizing mentally how people process things differently and i was very lucky to discover that i'm like oh i'm 
okay like this. Right, like I right, had a lot of, right. you know, like I'm sure we all know so many people who are much more extroverted and, you yeah. know, that sort of get energy from other people that yeah. were just wilting just from that yeah. side of it. So I've, I had a very lucky ride. So it sounds like this, again, it sounds very dramatic. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I could count on one hand how many times I made eye contact the last year. <laughs> but right. but I still also, um, I made it. I was not in yeah. like a rough space. I was guilty a lot for how much harder other people were having it. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, you managed to find a way to beat yourself up for being too yes. okay. <laughs> well, I think I mentioned I'm originally from the Midwest. So, yeah, I did find a way to find some guilt in that. It would mm-hmm. also work if you were Canadian or Catholic or yeah. both. Or Truthfully, guilt oh, guilt has its roots in so many beautiful traditions. That's right. It's across right. the globe. What a beautiful, beautiful, ancient ritual yes. of self-flagellation exactly exactly oh wait this has actually come up because i was going to suggest an audiobook to you yes so you were driving up yes and you were listening to a book that i need i was listening to a book and so it is called the other bennett sister and it is by janice hadlow and this is why i love so i am a huge jane austen fan I have read all of the books numerous times. Persuasion is my favorite. But like many people, I have, of course, a huge soft spot for Pride and Prejudice. Yes. And seen every adaptation a million times. Um, The other Bennett sister, it centers on. So in it's it's the Pride and Prejudice family, the Bennett's. And so you have your two older sisters, Jane and Elizabeth. Obviously, Lizzie is the mm-hmm. protagonist of Pride and Prejudice. And then the two younger sisters, Kitty and Lydia, the Fliberty Gibbets. And then you have Mary in the middle, who's the sort of like pious, boring, stage yes, studious. So the other Bennett sister centers on Mary. Mary? Oh, and it is cool. so good. I'm going to snap that It would be a great read. It would be a great listen. I loved yeah. it so much. It is beautifully written the author is she has the voice the austin's voice completely down so it has the 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 timing and the phrasing but it's also if you're familiar with her with jane austen's other novels there's little phrases that she circles in i was like oh that's from emma or like there's like little things that she says that's part of the kind of like yeah ethos i think i mean it sounds like you're saying easter eggs (laughs) oh my god it's austin eggs it's austin eggs it is she drops she hides some austin eggs in there (laughs) that is exact crack open those austin eggs they made me so happy but it's also just such a nice like I love Pride and Prejudice and I think so many people are like, Yes, I relate to Elizabeth, I get it. Mary and how she gets to flourish in this because it also extends beyond the end of where Pride and Prejudice is. Yes. Like that's oh, like the great. first act of this book. Yeah. And so then you also get to revisit where Jane is, where Elizabeth is, like where these characters that you love, oh, where they go great. next, where Charlotte Lucas goes. S- oh, I am I all loved over it. And it's a it. beautiful character arc like there's more growth in mary in this than yeah. there's growth in elizabeth if that makes yeah. sense so, it absolutely makes sense yeah. it absolutely makes sense yeah that is very exciting i feel like i keep hearing a crying dog that i hope is just that's the okay, neighbor's dog <laughs> that i hear almost never so it's really chosen a great time to pop up its cute little that's a lonely head. that sounds like a, lo- a, a lonely is this it a lonely is- sound 
It is inside their home and they are not home. And it is rarely inside when they are not. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I've I've felt that dog. I I hear you. I have felt that too. Oh God. Just the, just, just the out and out mewling. Now, did you have a, when did you discover Jane Austen? Did you have a, a, were you a a reader, an avid reader as a younger person? Such a reader. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, I think, because I saw my, like I said, my parents this last week, and I feel once you hit a certain point of adulthood, a lot of the times when you're with your family again, becomes exciting games of remember when? Remember yes. when you, so uh-huh. my my parents had some friends over, so of course it became, let's tell stories about Andrea. And one of them that came up, because I was such a reader, and was always wanting to skip out on things, and we used to do like family driving trips every summer like mm-hmm. the, true on like like um vacation style oh yeah driving from where trip. from 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 minnesota from, from minnesota, minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah i even mentioned the midwest yeah but i don't remember if we and so owned in yet oh yeah and that means like we so we did like a trip to new england we did the black hills in south dakota we did yellowstone and in and my parents are also were huge baseball fans so we used to go to all these different stadiums and at every single one there's pictures of me reading so i'm at like in it like oh wrigley field what was i reading great oh exciting ramona quimby ha you don't say (laughs) like it's it's truly and i remember i was like i remember flying to hawaii because my grandfather was a pearl harbor survivor so we got to go to hawaii a couple times for some pearl harbor reunion things and i remember reading the secret garden on the plane and it was like second or third grade and i was so into it that we took off we're going i didn't i was literally so into it that at one point, like, finally, the flight attendant, like, tapped my shoulder to see if I wanted a drink. And I looked up and my ears popped because, like, my uh, body hadn't oh, even realized wow. I was in flight because I yeah. was in this garden. Oh, yeah. That's a great story, though. I mean, listen, you that's, like, everything you just said is, like, a, the, the biggest advertisement for, you know... The book, bo- the book board. I don't know the milk, the milk board of supervisors. <laughs> the book, the book, American Book Association. Yes. I'm not sure, or maybe just the library. I don't know. Uh, but that, I mean, that is, I mean, what a what power, what right? immense power fiction can have. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it, that's just amazing. And I totally get the the being in a stadium. It's funny too because everything you describe, I mean, I can't speak to the baseball part because that's definitely, you know, I've been to a handful of baseball games and my dad is a baseball fan and I and I understand it and I always sort of wanted to want to watch it. Do you know what I mean? I always mm-hmm. wanted I was like I want to want to. Yes. That's um, how I feel about beer. Yeah. Oh, I same. would love to enjoy a cold yeah. beer. Beer is disgusting. I want, I want yes. nothing more than be craving something I don't want right now, but I'm really craving the craving. <laughs> Um, yes. And then it stops there. It stops there. Uh, but but just the places that you're describing, I feel like it's so easy to imagine being a, a, a kid or a teen and not having the enthusiasm that an adult has about many of the places that you've described. And I mean, some kids do. I'm not I don't mean to like, you know, just make a cross the board statement, but I feel like my when I think now about especially of like someplace with a lot of history or 
but to a certain degree, maybe even a national park, although I, I sort of always love that stuff. It just it just seems like it just doesn't matter <laughs> the same way for a lot of us when we're younger. Like, it just doesn't have the same. There's not the same yeah. feeling of like interest in history or, or wanting to having that quote unquote bucket list where you're like, I now I'm, you know, now I'm middle aged and I really want to see this thing and I want my kids to see it. And that where that comes from, that drive inside where that comes from feels like it's just something that comes with age yes. for a lot of people. Well, and be, because you can't, when you're, you can't instill that necessarily yeah. as much as you might want to in someone else. When you're young, like me sitting through Yellowstone and reading and sort of glancing up and being like, yes, very pretty, sure. You have such a sense of possibility all the time. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure I wasn't thinking about it, but in the back of my head, it was likely, I was like, yeah, I can probably come back here whenever I want to. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it will always look like this or whatever. And on my parents' side of it, they had... Like, my dad had not gone on a lot of vacations when he was young. And do you know, so for them, it was, oh, this is rarefied air. This is something yes, yes. for you to take in. And and sort of then what we all realize now these many years later is, well, we got what we, what we could and needed from those moments. And similar to the idea of getting out of the pandemic, like, yeah. you will never experience anything in the same way that someone else does. Yes. Whether it's sort of a longer thing like a pandemic or if it's a shorter vacation or just visiting something there's certain yeah. it does mark it as special those rare times that you do though that thing where you're standing and you're in a moment and you yeah. can see that you are clocking that you're in a moment someone yeah. you are with is clocking like Absolutely. that's those are like the you know the star points those are not Absolutely. the that gives them the specialness yeah. Well, it'd be interesting if I wonder how it would have changed. I mean, if the, this is like a bit a lot of ifs, but I wonder if it would have changed if you had been reading into the wild or like like Ooh. I wonder if you had been reading something that placed you in that locale or even something approximating that locale if it could have been more symbiotic somehow. If you sure. could, because I feel like I you know, I enjoy list, like I'll listen to like, like, up, un, uh, I'll get in the mood where I'll listen to like an okay noir that's set in LA just because I feel like having the experience of being able to walk past the bar that they're talking sure. about. You know, I'll go through these pockets where I'm like, ooh, I want to, oh, what, let me, I want to listen to something that involves Barbara Stanwyck's house because someone <laughs> pointed it out to me and I can walk there and like I could get it all over me. I'll be immersed in it, you know, while I'm listening to it or I'll be, you know, I'll read it and then I'll walk out and think about what I read. And so it enhances and kind of grows the experience outward instead of it being a situation where, you know, reading right. about the secret garden is reading about a private space in a spectacularly unique private space. Right. That's the whole in Yorkshire. of what it is in yeah. Yorkshire that, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing about that, that, that needs you to be on a plane or that needs you frankly to even be in Hawaii. And so it's just interesting. That's to a think fun about. thing to think about for current parents, maybe to help like, uh, if they have readers, young readers themselves, to help curate their books, because that would be fun if I could tie back it. I guarantee I was probably reading like Agatha Christie or so, 
I read yeah. a lot of stuff set in England. I loved it. But I hear that, you. Right. That I was like in Yellowstone in this like beautiful testament to the wilderness and landscape of America. And I was like. <laughs> cool is there something in sort of victorian london i can be immersed in but the idea yeah i like that if you are curating or helping sort of like nudge your kid like there i'm sure there's plenty of fun books set in hawaii i could have been reading to tie in at that moment or when your family takes you on a trip to colorado you should be reading the shining it's as simple as that And then book a room at the Overlook Hotel. Yes. That's right. That's right. You will never sleep again. It's going to be great. I'll work no play. You're going to be uh, fine. Yeah. Uh, um, were you, uh, and that and that extends into high school as well. Was there yes. other stuff that you were, obviously, I would assume that your that your love of film probably bloomed yes. and blossomed at an early age. And in, in, in a more, in, 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 it's a difference. You know, everybody loves movies. There's a difference between sort of having the hunger to discuss and intellectualize or analyze and understand the craft as well as the story and just the escapism of it. Was that something that kind of manifested itself early for you? Yeah, I think that for me, it's story in general. And Mm. I'm a fan of stories in multiple mediums. And, And like you just said, both for the escapism for how they can denote moments in time that there's entire sort of movies that I think, like, like I said, you know, I took my parents to see Nomadland, which I've seen several times now. And the idea of what that film will represent for this time and place in our lives in, in history and in all, like there's something about that. So I, you know, like most people loved watching movies when I was young and was probably always being yelled out to go outside because I was either watching something or reading something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then I don't remember having more affinity for that than other friends until I got to college and started sort of studying and working more. I went to the University of Wisconsin, which, you know, is just world renowned for its film department. Uh (laughs) People think film and they think Wisconsin, you know. Is the University of Wisconsin in Madison? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never been to Madison and I really oh, want to go. It's great. I, I thought love I, I said regular listeners may remember this, but I said yes to uh, a con, specific a Comic-Con type thing, specifically because Wisconsin. I they were like and you'll fly right? into Madison. Oh, okay. It, was, okay. it it wasn't in Madison. Okay. It was at a and I'm sure you'll know exactly what it... Well, maybe you won't because you're not from there. But it was like a uh, indoor water park. With the Wisconsin like, Dells. Yes, it was yes. at the Wisconsin Dells. Um, so I was I, like, this yes. is not... While it was a very pleasant and fun adventure, I really had... I had understood myself to be like finally spending time in Madison because I feel I will love that little city and oh. I did not get to <laughs> I didn't see moment one of yeah. of Madison no Madison also the difference between Madison and the Dells is very funny so <laughs> I mean, yeah I, I know that to be true but so I know it's not it may not be, I guess my point is it may not be renowned for its film department but it is actually you know that and it feels like Minnesota and Wisconsin are known for for tur- churning out a lot of very dry, funny, clever, sweet, witty artists. I think you know? so. And Prince. I mean, and I'm from Minnesota, Prince. so I have to make sure yeah. to bring him up. Own it. But Own yeah, it. no, I and I don't say that to disparage the UW. Like I 
had the best time at school there. And because, especially when I was there, because it was such a like um, DIY film side of mm-hmm. things, um, there was a great just ability to explore and like, hey, if you think you can make it happen, go ahead and shoot it, you know? Uh-huh. And yeah. and that was really fun. <laughs> and, and we had like David Boardwell, whom many people who study film theory, he was one of my professors and... And I still go to people's houses in L.A. And his book that he wrote with his wife, Kristen Thompson, is on people's shelves. And I'm like, well, I studied under Boardwell, you know. <laughs> but um, no, awesome. I had an amazing time there. And in and I was uh, like, I was a I triple majored in English. Triple co- major. Well, English, Holy com arts and art history. And honestly, that is more a, a result of my producer brain than anything else, because um. I got, they were called the timetables, which is how they, you set your classes or whatever. And I basically just figured out how to like jerry rig my electives. So they would like, Ooh, if I take this, it counts for both of these majors. Like it was very much more about like, that is very spreadsheety. I'm impressed. It was so spreadsheety. And I did all my (laughs) friends. None of us went to a guidance counselor ever. I was like, what, uh, what do you like? Uh, what can I set up there? Yeah. I was like a bookie with how people, uh, took their classes. Well, then let me ask you this really quick, because I I feel like, you know, I have going back to college dreams just often enough, which was to say maybe every few months. But I would say as many times, as much as I have dreams about being in a class and, you know, having to take a test I didn't study for whatever, um, I also have dreams about picking my schedule. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, I have a dream where I'm looking at like... A timetable. And I'm like, okay, let's see. I think if I just do classes, it's always a situation like when I was in San Francisco where I'm working part-time and and going to school part-time. And it's always like, what classes can I, I got to jam out a bunch of classes on Tuesday and Thursday. And then the way in which it turns into an anxiety dream, as they all inevitably do when they're about school, is like, oh, I've given given myself too many classes on Tuesday and Thursday. Like, I'm going to be so tired. How am I going to do this and work Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Like there's a there's a real scheduling. It's a scheduling nightmare. Yeah, it's an actual is, scheduling nightmare. Which is funny because I had such comfort from how well I felt like I navigated that. <laughs> so that I was like, oh, I would never have a stress. Dream. That that would be my happy place. Of oh yeah, you have a dream that you're flying and doing your yes. schedule for college. Yes, I'm like, oh, and everyone else in my row, like, what do you like? Let me put together a schedule. That is very, I've never once had that dream because I do think of that as I like love it. Uh, a very happy. <laughs> um, but one of, so I also speaking, I had several jobs. I nannied all through um, college. I worked at a summer camp for seven years. So every summer I went back and worked at my camp, which I adored. And um, then yeah, I'm also envious of that, that sort of. Oh, you would be a great camp counselor. It I is still, I, you know what, you're oh, right. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own that. I'm no, going to say, of really all the would. things I don't know if I would be good at, I would have been a great camp counselor. I still, to this day, and again, I worked there for seven years, so it made its imprint. Like, my personality, I, I give across a very camp counselor vibe, so fair enough. But um, I still, how I, like, my biggest metric for people is, do I think they would be a good camp counselor? I love that. Yeah. And I you would be a fantastic that. one. Yeah. Uh, and it would is, you say the majority of people you've met through Max Fun would make yes. good camp counselors? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
I, I would happily put together a camp just out of Max Fun people. Are you? That's the, the, I guess that's Max Fun Con in a way. It truly is. It truly, but that's the baseline. Like that's the energy, right? It's this. Yeah. It's this. Um. It's a high energy, but a high responsibility. Like, it's a good. Like, yeah, we're 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 sweet nerdy dorks. Like that's our yeah. thing. But that's great. Yeah. But the camp thing. Wait, why did I bring me? Oh, I was just talking jobs in general, but. And then I nannied for the same family all through school. So I did have to plan around the nights because I had them yeah. every night. Yeah. And then. That's a lot. Yeah. And then um, I worked. But so on the film side of things, I I, pro- I knew I'd get back on the right thread. On the film side There's of things. There's no such thing as a right thread on this podcast. <laughs> Do not worry at all. My right thread, it's more. Am I going to think of this later and been like. Ooh, I meant to finish that point. <laughs> um, but I got a Fair. job at our um, at the the Union Theater, and I worked in the little art house Union Theater. Oh, and that's a dream. I helped pick some of the movies, and I didn't realize that's that was so programming, cool. but it was. Yeah, absolutely, and, it was. Yeah, and it was. I sat in this little booth, and Madison's huge. We had like forty thousand students when I lived there, and still, every single time, someone would come through and be like. Are you like, because of course I was the kid that would like talk in the 200 person lecture. I would raise my hand when he called on people because I uh, obviously like the sound of my own voice. But so people (laughs) would come and buy a ticket and be like, are you the girl in my English class? And I was like, probably. (laughs) That sounds like me. But I worked there for so long and and we had um, like the director I remember of this film called Mary Jane's Not a Virgin Anymore. Mm-hmm, came mm-hmm. through and right and she was like this young female director it was kind of how I learned about independent film and yeah. but yeah I, I found myself just as immersed in those movies like that if a again a flight attendant had tapped on my shoulder my ears would probably pop like, right <laughs> that was kind of my th- I loved it okay we're gonna take a break I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun Well, friends, I have made no secret about the fact that I am a huge advocate for mental health and what good therapy can do. So I am so thrilled, as always, to be sponsored by BetterHelp. But Janet, while I'm all about the idea of therapy, I just don't want to leave my home. That's okay! BetterHelp is customized online therapy. So you can do video, phone, you can even do live chat sessions, and they will help you find that perfect therapist in under 48 hours. And if you don't feel like it's a perfect fit, then they're going to let you change therapists and find you that perfect person. Because I will tell you, that makes an enormous difference. Shout out to my own therapist. Now, you don't need trauma to benefit from therapy. I cannot emphasize that enough. It could be as simple as you're feeling a little anxious or depressed. Um, For me, stress, always an issue. I will never run out of stress to talk about. So having that extra person, having those tools really helps life just be a little bit easier. I'm so, 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 so grateful that I was turned on to therapy early, but it's never too late to start. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the JV Club listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash JV Club. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash JV Club. We have wasted this world. 
Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek, what else? Fortune and glory. Dive into the Ether Sea, the latest campaign from the Adventure Zone, every other Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. And that was and that was college. That was college. Did you have jobs in high school as well? Oh yeah, in high school. Well, I started working at camp my between my sophomore and junior year, so I never okay. had like a summer bumming around really. Right. Like, What's what was the age of the kids that you would had? And was it a camp that you had gone to and then oh, yeah. became a counselor for? And that's how, yeah. So by the time you finished being at that camp, it was like that. Really, was like going home. You would go home for the summer. Yes. You'd go to your second yes. home for the summer. It was YMCA Camp St. Croix in Hudson, Wisconsin. And, um, I, yeah, I started going there when I was eight or nine and I loved camps. I would go to like three or four camps a summer because ours were only like two, one or two weeks long. long. Okay. Yeah. And then my, so when I was 16, my, between my sophomore year, I went and did the LDP, which was leadership development program, but it's basically their CIT thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was at the very beginning of the summer and I, cause I was sailing specific and so, I went for three weeks and then got home. And when it, when we finished, like they had just finished the first session of camp. Um, and I got hired the day I got home because largely um, I knew how to sail. I And so they needed a that's, sailing counselor. So kind of awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many of my friends know how to sail. It's not many. Well, and I, I mean, knew I know I can, th I can of think camp. of I can count them on one hand if, if, I, if I'm thinking about it. You know, maybe may, you might be my next. OK, my, my thumb. You keep, might be the thumb yeah. of my right hand. Keep me in there because like zombie style. I'm absolutely yeah. going oh, yeah. to commandeer a That's boat a in the marina scale. and get yeah. out of here. Yeah. hundred percent. No, for sure. And actually, yeah. So I was a, sail a counselor for five years. And then actually my last two years, I was the sailing director. But I learned how to sail at that camp. It's not like my family didn't have a boat or anything. So, right. um, yeah, it was a very, it was, so I was, so I was 16, hired to be a sailing counselor, essentially. And some of my first campers were 14. Oh, wow. And okay. I would just, I, I, I never told them how old I was, but like I literally could have gone to school with these girls uh -huh. <laughs> and I was responsible for their lives. I had a co-counselor, <laughs> yeah. but like we went on trail in a, um, in keel boats for like five days, I was responsible for the lives of it's, oh, wow. and I had no problem with it. I was like, yeah, no worries. Like the the blase nature that I look back now of the level of responsibilities I had is like <laughs> absurd. It would have had to be that blase to even do to have done it. At yeah. All. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, oh. I learned how to. You had to if you've. You've not, because you just said you don't sail, but, like, yeah. I had to learn how to anchor, like, to put down moorings on the boat. Like, I remember the sailing director at the time coming over to our cabin the night before we went on trail at, like, midnight and just sort of, like, sketching out to me. He's like, okay, so you're going to drop one anchor and then you turn the boat around into the wow. wind and then let it and then drop the second anchor. Like, I had never done it. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Like, I just had this, like, $80,000 boat. Uh -huh. five teenagers like all this stuff yeah. and I was like yeah okay 
Sure, that's I got it. Awesome. Like you drew it on this piece of paper. Obviously, I got it. Like, oh, insane. that's so awesome. Yeah. That's like a superhero to me. Oh, it's sort of, sort of like <laughs> teenage nonsense of like how infallible you are. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, are you an only child or do you have some? I'm not. I have, I have a younger brother um, who's two years younger than me. And then I have an older sister. And um, it's the most exciting family story we have. My parents had my sister in college and then um, gave her up for adoption. And so she was raised by a whole other family. And no one ever knew about my sister because my mom had like, like Lutheran Family Services had sent her to um, live and like nanny for a a family. But she had a post office box set up like she had an internship somewhere so it was like this whole subterfuge and no one else in their family ever knew other than my mom's parents and like all it was and they broke up it was a whole thing and then so when my sister found us um when she was 20 that's when i never knew about her my brother like no one knew so it was this boom and it's it's the best story ever because we're all family now like my parents went to her wedding and our grandparents to her kids and like we all vacation together and it's such a good adoption story and like my sister is this wonderful family with great parents and she has a sister and two brothers and it's really sort of worked out as dreamy as possible um so okay and so it it is your parents kid it was both of them a a young thing yeah that that is very special that is very special they were they stayed yeah they were sophomores in college and they're from nebraska they're both first in their family to go to college and didn't want to get married for that sort of thing so they they actually broken up um and then eventually ended up back to each other which also made me kind of have like I have wonderful had wonderful grandparents anyway but made me even softer towards them the idea of how they welcomed my dad back in because they had obviously really wanted them to get married and yeah and raise my sister and um but because it was closed adoption and Nebraska is not the biggest place I have a bunch of male cousins around my sister's age and none of the family knew and my mom said she was like always worried at Christmas that they would bring home someone that looked a little too much like me. Like, <gasps> right, right. Because, like, yeah, it could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when my sister found us, um, we f- we discovered like we had literally driven by her family's farm every wow. year on our way home to Nebraska for Christmas and stuff like, wow. yeah, just Bonkers. That perspective shift is so crazy when suddenly a place has a very, very deep meaning that it never had before. Oh, and yet it's this thing that you've seen a million times. Like yeah. those are those are really extraordinary, noteworthy moments in life when you have that like, but I but I used to pass that oh my God. This yeah. is so yeah, it's Oh yeah. That's really crazy. And then, also, side yeah. note, I don't want to gloss over. No. Couldn't be less surprised that you said it was Lutheran services. I mean, we are talking <laughs> about the North. I was like, I might as you might as well yeah. have said, and Garrison Keeler came to our oh, house yes. so, and picked up yeah. my sister and took her away to a wonderful family. Absolutely. The Lutheran, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. But that part of it's always been a trip for me that, so my mom had always wanted to live in Minnesota. And that's where they set up a P.O. box for her in St. Paul. And so literally her friends were writing her thinking she was doing an internship. And she's actually like pregnant in Omaha with the family. And then, yeah, 
And you know, the, this sounds like a, a this sounds like a Jane Austen book. It I mean, should it sounds be. like an American Jane Austen book. Like she goes away mm-hmm. to have the bait. Like that feels. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I've always been furious in my family that we didn't get to meet on Oprah or something because, like... <laughs> and this is before DNA... Te- like, nowadays, yeah. you know, I mean, I have a friend who absolutely found out he has a half-brother and is, like, sort of trying to navigate what that looks like. Um, it's because of because of DNA and the fact that all of that became right. so much more commercialized and marketable and, and like, consumable. The, yeah, the, the the time in which you have none of that and you someone finds you and you didn't even know, like you said, it's not like you knew she was out there somewhere that right. it, all, all the information dropped at once. Although you might be or surprised did. or maybe not like and I've now I've known my sister now much longer than I didn't know about her. So right. I'm used to it. But when this all happened, um, the amount of people when they heard the story we're like, oh, yeah, I found out I had a half-sibling I never knew about. Or, Whoa, like, there's really? So, so it's many... more common yes, than, than was... I might think. To me, it was. And it's, yeah. also, it's also really interesting being on the other side of an adoption story. Like, whenever I say, oh, my sister was adopted, obviously the inference is that we, right. in fact, right. adopted her. <laughs> right, and when I'm right. like, oh, no, my parents are her biological yeah, parents. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, because that is, I bet that is so different. It's such a funny thing. And it's also like my sister's brothers are adopted and are not interested in finding their birth mother. And there's, you know, it's like it's such a personal story. Mm-hmm. And there's so many like think of it's really hard to put yourself out there in any kind of sure emotional thing of like the vulnerability like you could have a random crush and not want to share it yes the idea of reaching out to someone as like that seeming with the impact of like your biological mother or something and not knowing talk about don't meet your heroes it's like there's a level of sort of there is too much that could be not okay about this for me emotionally yes do i want to it is hard yeah and i really i really I'm impressed by my sister with that. Like she, cause they are all these things they had to navigate. Like at, when she turned 18, she could get their name, but only if they had released it, but they had decided right. not to release it. till she was 21. And so hmm. she thought that just meant they didn't want to find her. And then she'd gotten oh, a yeah. PI and all this. And anyway, so I, I give her a lot of credit for, for reaching out and for, for taking that step. And like on our side, it was sort of, as welcome as possible but um yeah it's a tricky one for people and she did hire a pi because we all like to we all think that you know we imagine this person who's sort of leaning out from behind a pine tree sort of looking at you and taking notes in a notebook with pencil and and notebook like kind of does look like it could be mom (laughs) it was definitely harriet the spy that's okay, who she great. hired. Yep. And she definitely had a notebook. No, she, yeah, she hired a random, it was before she was getting married and she really was thinking of like having kids in the next few years. Like she was thinking mm-hmm. of this future she was building mm-hmm. and was like, all right, if I'm going to find out medical stuff, I'm going to do this. This is the time. And my sister's a pretty fearless person. And, um, and so, yeah, she found someone. And the, the other good part of it with that is similar to the Hollywood side of things. It's like having an agent. So, like, to get good or bad news, like, right. she had a filter right. in. So it was the PI who reached out. Yeah, it was the PI who reached out, who found my mom, 
reached out, was like, hey, is this your name? And uh, did you have a baby on this day? And my mom was like, uh, it is. And I did. And then so the P.I. didn't know that my parents had gotten were together and had. So she, that was like an extra step of, oh, and you're she has two full biological siblings. But then also the P.I. was got to be a conduit of. Well, she would like to connect with you if you're comfortable with it and blah, sure. blah, blah. So they set that up. So Which it is was, like a different yeah. level of, that's a different type of skill potentially than, oh, yeah. you know, information gathering or that kind of thing. Yeah. To be able to also shepherd a reunion is, yes. you know. Har- Harriet, Harriet had to hand that over. <laughs> she had to, that's a different skill set. Yeah. It's, a, it's a decidedly different skill set in particular from Harriet the Spy. Yes, exactly. In particular. Um, when, and so when you were in high school, was your interest in film, did, had you already started leaning in any particular direction or were you just kind of a, a, just a movie lover? Um, I was a general movie lover, but I, I, had, I responded more to classics than mm-hmm. a lot of other people. And then I also had... Um, I had a deep love of really weird B cinema, like trauma films. Yeah. That I was not fine. Like, peop- we weren't talking about that. Like, I knew inherently my friends were not interested in those things. So yeah. it was more. So- and, and I was in high school pre internet. Right. Um, I mean, I'm ageless, Janet. I'm forever I young. But I, I, I am also. All yeah, those you things. get it. You get it. But uh, it might have been pre-internet. And so <laughs> I I wonder how different it would have been if I'd found online communities with those. Because until I got to college, I was like, oh, I have weird taste. Right. <laughs> how did you find how did you find it? How What led you into that realm in the first place? Like TBS, like whatever. Okay. And that's yep. why. And yep. that's someone like as someone who's gotten into the curatorial side of things, mm-hmm. a lot comes from that. Like those like TV stations or, and now it's even streaming services have like those picks or they'll do sort of thematic bundlings yeah. of things. And they, they do legwork. And for me, yeah. it was looking at things like either what was on TCM yep. or TBS. And they were not things that I was ever going to go to our, our video rental store, which was like, right. you know, five feet by eight feet, uh-huh. was not going to have those things. So like stumbling on them and then sitting and watching through every commercial, uh-huh. like that, that unlocked a lot of new kinds of like the the breadth of film, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I've, I think I've always had relatively populist taste. Hmm. But um, when I certainly the festival, I was I worked at Slam Dance for years and I ended up being the executive director there for a few years and I ran the feature programming for like 13 years. That's and awesome. our whole concentration at Slam Dance is first time filmmakers. Yeah. And so that was my kind of introduction to programming and it's still one of my like favorite parts about it like the idea of finding new talent that has yeah a completely new perspective on stories and is telling stories no one else is or in a way that no one else is. And that's still my, my like wheelhouse. Yeah. My wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, So it makes sense that you would, I mean, not that it was her first film, but Nomadland and, and that. Oh, and I love songs. Our brothers taught me her first film, Chloe Zhao's first film. Yeah. And as well as The Rider, which is her second film, I, I highly recommend all yes, of Chloe yes, Zhao's movies. Yes, yes, yes. 
Um, no, she's incredible. But like, I programmed Lynn Shelton's first film at Slamdance, oh, and no, the number of first films, like we had Christopher Nolan's first film. Yeah. Um, oh, what a feeling. The Russo brothers. The, yeah. Like the amount of people that came through Slamdance. Drake Doremus. Um, yeah. It's been a while since I had to recant the Slamdance. I've, <laughs> I've been at Sundance. No yeah, I've been at Sundance the last five years. Um, I was at LA Film Fest for 10 years as senior programmer, and then I also currently program Gina Davis's Fe- Bentonville Film Festival. Nice. And the other concentration there is sort of, um, it's, it's not sort of, it is, it's our mission. Um, and it's it's a mission that also sort of threaded through my work at LA Film Fest and at Sundance, of course, which is underrepresented voices. And so that's in front of and behind the camera and looking for films that are made by and featuring um, people who are female, people of color, yeah. um, queer stories, um, people with disabilities, like all yeah. sorts of just the looking out for those voices that might need a little more championing. Championing. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Champignon. Champignon. The for mushroom. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know they're the right... Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is there when you were uh when you were a teen was there uh a gr- so uh, you mentioned that you enjoyed stuff that you knew you know your friend there that you were you had an avenue that you went down that maybe wasn't something that you and I agree with you like the difference between having a chat room or uh uh just any kind of group chat that allows you to connect with those people um all over the place would just be a wildly different experience it just would be i mean that's a game changer um did you have friends that you would that you would kind of nerd out with stuff like that but it just wouldn't extend into certain areas or were you kind of the film nerd and it was like well we're just gonna go see this movie but you know if drea comes like you know she's gonna she's she's gonna be like we need to talk about why this was a terrible movie (laughs) or what you know would would you did you have friends that did get were because i was for sure hot on talking about movies that scene and and what was special about them not necessarily from a technical aspect although i wish that i would have i wish i would have been like oh yeah and that one single shot did you uh, see yeah oh the mise-en-scene yeah yeah no I so I was very I went to a huge high school there were like 650 people in my class and I like that I've explained the population this class size at both Madison and White Bear Lake I guess I just really want that put it in in a context (laughs) you're not alone yeah good so I have I had eight best like there were eight of us I had seven best friends we were called the bitches when we okay. hung out, it was a bitch fest. Um, <laughs> we have BF this weekend. Um, wow. And of the bitches, one of the best things, and I do think the, the size of my school was part of this because um, we were all, like, other than we were all in choir and, and in a competitive show choir, or mm-hmm. most of us were, um, within the bitches, there was a range. Like, we had a couple of them were, like, varsity soccer players. We had, you know, we had a range of backgrounds. Yeah. I was theater girl. I was um, president of our drama club. I was in basically every play from freshman to senior year. I was either in it or I was student director of it. And what I sort of 
sort of knew, but didn't till I really processed like as a high school or college was I was a good performer in that I have zero sense of stage fright. I'm good at memorizing lines. I can deliver a couple funny lines. I So I basically played every funny old woman ever. Sure. Ever. Like if there was a funny old woman, that's who I played. <laughs> but my theater friends were separate from like my best friends or my choir friends. And my theater friends were the ones who we would talk, I would talk movies with or stories mm-hmm, with. So like mm-hmm. we, my, what year is it? My freshman year, we did a play of the movie Clue that uh-huh. somebody transcribed line by line. Like Amazing. we did not order that script from Samuel French. Right, right. Somebody wrote it out. And so like it was that kind of thing of, oh, that was the group that I would like bring yeah. a weird like, yeah. So who's going to talk about the Toxic Avenger with me right, right. now? Like, <laughs> right. And so it was kind of it was it was this fun thing where I have this tremendously strong like best friend group and then a best friend with that like like I feel like in high school best friend groups like there were eight of us and then you could break it down. And I'm like, but if it was just the four of us, it'd be me, Mika, uh-huh. Jen and Kari, you know, like but yeah. even outside of that, we all had sort of autonomous interests. And which I yeah. I still That's sort of really do. cool. Yeah, I feel I, had I would a watch really, that movie. I had a really blessed um, or that series set up. All right. Well, <laughs> I would watch that series where I could follow, you know, to see the ways in which they came together, but also the ways in which they kind of spoke out because yeah. that seems really healthy to me. Right. I mean, that's it seems like you knowingly or unknowingly, you guys kind of cracked the code to how to have a healthy best friend club because it wasn't like every single thing you did together yes. every single moment you were comparing your you know just involuntarily even as an insecure teenager or, oh, you yeah. know all that stuff like those that or not or feeling like you're being smothered or whatever like to have still those tendrils going out into different interests and stuff seems yeah. like well and that great. is again i it's an it was an accidental thing yeah that we set that up so well so cool. but i still have that and i still think it's a good way like both for romantic partnerships for everything i think it's a great oh, thing God, to have yeah. like a nice hotbed but like what yes. like wh- one is not everything you know yes. so yes. and it was very fun for me like i could never explain i mean i could have but like the idea of going to the bitches with the minutia of drama club or or uh-huh. any of the plays that i was in of like ugh, well you guys won't even understand this Graham thought he could burr, burr. like they didn't even know. Do you know what I mean? Like much like I yeah. don't know what's going on with the soccer team or right, whatever. Right. So um it was a, it was I just was like that's how I learned how like friendships and relationships worked. Right. And uh and and it worked out. And uh they also got to be saved from all of my thoughts on, you know, like Eric Romare or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you're still you're still in touch with them? Oh yeah. My oh, Mika, so my best friend, is still my best friend. That's yeah. great. Although that's great. Mindy Kaling once said, best friend is a tier, not a position. And that's how I live my life. So I have yeah. several best friends. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, from different avenues. But yeah, no, the bitches, we still... Uh, I actually, one of the films I produced played the Twin Cities Film Fest. And most of the bitches came, were able to come out and like... Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was very that's fun. Great. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. The 2021 pin sale has begun. 
Thank you so much to everyone who participated in the Max Fund Drive. This is the last year for a while that we'll be doing pins for Max Fund Drive, and the fifth year that we'll be selling pins and donating all proceeds to charity. The past year proved what we already knew, that having access to the internet at home is a necessity for work, school, healthcare, and keeping in touch with family and friends. So the proceeds from this year's pin sale will go towards Everyone On, a nonprofit working to bridge the digital divide. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help low-income folks gain access to affordable computers, internet services, and digital literacy programs. The sale will run until May 28th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the pins from the drive. That's 38 pins, one from every show on the network. We also have a special 2021 Max Fun Drive pin that all members can purchase. Go to MaximumFun.org slash pin sale for more info. And to learn more about Everyone On and support them directly, you can go to EveryoneOn.org. I got to get into this mash game with you. I can't believe how fast the time has flown. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like we have some pretty good categories that I'm very comfortable introducing into this mash game. I would definitely love to start with three books that you can jump into and hang out in and be with those characters whenever you want. Okay. Can I do a Jane Austen? Uh yeah, this is for you. This okay. is this is mine. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. Also, Jane Austen's there's a reason that Jane Austen has lasted this long and is so beloved. She's brilliant. Um, so it has to be persuasion. Okay, great. Uh, um, yeah. Do you need any? I mean, I would I would only pick Sense and Sensibility book? because it's I it's now inextricably linked to Emma Thompson, and so I it, like I I can't tease those apart. Now it's all just a lump of golden nuggets of love that I yeah. have for both the film adaptation and the book. But Persuasion is wonderful. Okay. Okay. Great. Persuasion number one. Great. What's number two? Okay. Number two, I would say A Prayer for Owen Meany by great. John Irving. Great, great, great. Um, you know what? I'm going to say The Secret Garden. Do it. I reread it. it happily every couple years. Do it. Did you ever read any Zelfa Keatley Snyder? No. Oh, I, 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 I may have to like send you something. Currently. There's a book. There's a book that's sort of. Uh, I've definitely brought it up before, so I won't take... But it, there's a book that is called The Velvet Room that is almost like a Grapes of Wrathy kind of dust bowl um, little girl who is given access to this li- sort of library tower um, that has these velvet curtains and sort of is in a... a, a sort, and, and so there's in these books and it's this very lush... And it's very Secret Garden in the sense that like that's her secret place um and you're describing my dream book i mean no it's it's my dream room it's yeah it is it's she she wrote really great books and those are some kind of middle i guess it's middle grade i guess it's not fully fully ya really because it's still about it's not really about relationships but you know it's not like romance or angst in that way it's more about loneliness and you know a little bit of like the paranormal like there's another one called the egypt game about these kids in this neighborhood who um you know, sort of create this like Egyptian worship that's happening uh, in the in this backyard of this like guy's old shop, and it's she's she has very much captured the 
like that that thrilling feeling you get just finding a little nook anywhere that's your secret place okay like that's it's it but so the velvet room i think that would be a quick and fun read for a secret garden lover anyway okay let's move on to next category let's do three let's do three movies you can jump into why not okay um first movie i will say is amelie yeah um agreed i love it so much i could rewatch it all the time it is love and joy and hope with a nod towards loneliness it's yes that it's that magical realism that is so specific and it gives you such a specific feeling oh it's yeah so good um next i would say roman holiday great gregory peck and audrey hepburn i love it so much and revisit it and it's Oh, again, it's it's, so it's about exploration and finding self, but with romance, and it's beautiful. Yes, it's so beautiful. <sighs> These are some real white-ass heteronormative <laughs> films I'm sending your way. Um, <laughs> who knew? Um, how would I mix that? Oh, well, this is weirder, but Pan's Labyrinth. Oh God! I, I get love it. Pan's Labyrinth yeah. so much. It's, oh, it's. I mean, like, there's creature design and all this, but when you look at sort of the historical backdrop of what it's mm-hmm. bringing to life, mm-hmm. this family's story, like, yeah. the the metaphor that these creatures yeah. can be, but how they can also exist as this oh, fantastical God. reality. I mean, Guillermo del Toro at his best is untouchable. Yeah. In such a specific, unique, heartbreaking, like, thank you for letting me inside your brain kind of way. You feel like it's, you don't know how you got in there. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's a sense of like, I don't know if I should be here, but I don't want to say anything because this is amazing. You know? Yes. How did I get in your brain? (sighs) All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Okay. This next one is going to be, it's a little bit lighter fare, but. This is sort of an alternate universe, like experiencing uh, the perspective of someone else. So give me three of the bitches, their interests that you sort of get to live for a week. You know what I mean? Or something you sort of like have their their specialty or what have you. Three different ones. Okay. Um, One, I would say Mika, my best friend. Um, I would say meditation. Great. She has done several of these like silent retreats where you don't speak. For like 10 days and yeah. you meditate. It is so beyond anything I can I conceive of. And I, I very much love that. And I love- I'm so afraid that something like that would just trigger my mental illness to crank up so far. Anything that's like that much of a difference in my perceived reality. I'd love to evolve to a place where I'm not afraid it's going to make me go crazy forever. Yeah, that's an that's a vestige that's a vestigial that's kind fair. of fear of being in my twenties and like just wanting to feel normal, um, but also you want to be able to go. Well, I've evolved past that, and now I can do something. I would like to feel like I could do something like that, and ha- and never have it enter my mind, or even have it enter my mind, but just face that fear and come out on the other side and go. Yeah, I can be alone with my thoughts, and I won't go crazy, or yeah. you know, be locked up or whatever. I don't know. I love that. Okay, Nika and meditation. Beautiful. Nika what meditation. are your next ones? Um, Jenny and singing. And that sounds, she's, it's, we were all in choir together. And she's, I am a second alto, which you might sense. 
Jenny had his beautiful soprano voice and still does. Um, and is one of the people who actually stayed singing and like in choirs and is like nice started writing music like just oh, recent nice. like in our again forever young and ageless but agreed agreed several years outside of <laughs> when anyone else is yeah she she started that later um, right. and I love that I love that as a as an expression it's sort of a bold one right like yes. To ask to me for for someone who always sang like the harmony on things of like mm. please listen to me sing it seems mm-hmm. like a really bold thing mm-hmm. you know, I kind of I love that yeah um and then I'm trying to think of like a specific there were eight bitches so just narrowing them down <laughs> um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say um. Are we thinking something like that I knew that they were into when we were the bitches? Not necessarily. I think it could be something that came later. Okay. So um, Kelly has became a distance runner. Like oh, out nice. after yes. school. Yes. Like, Good pick. Which which is something like I have terrible knees. I am, yeah. I'm a swimmer. I'm never going to be a runner. But yeah. I, I love that. And I do think a lot of people find running... Yes. Often later, like it's yes. something that sort of gets unlocked in your kind of 20s mm-hmm. or 30s or whatever. And mm-hmm. and I love that. That's I great. love I love what goes into that. And it also sounds terrible to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Both of Agreed. those things. Yeah. That's exactly what MASH is for. It, it normalizes Perfect. and harmonizes all of the things that feel like they're disjointed and discordant about a thing that also appeals to you. Perfect. Okay. Next one. My favorite. Three foods that you can have in this reality that are not bad for you. Mm. It's not bad for the environment. It's mm. not something you're allergic to. You can clearly tell I have like lots of allergies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my way of like, I would just have all the glue. It's so dumb. Um, anyway, but, but oh. yeah, it can be as specific as like this beautiful... And I don't, I, I was to say, I don't celebrate this often enough, but when I was in France, like maybe 15 years ago, I had this pistachio croissant that had like pistachio paste in it instead of almond paste and little sprinklings of pistachio on top. I don't even care about pistachio, but it really stuck with me. And I thought about it the other day and was like, that's one of those moments where you're like the place and time in the in Montmartre mm-hmm. area. It's super Amelie feeling. Oh, yeah. And you're eating something. You're like, do I? I think I'm going to remember this pastry for the rest of my life. But maybe that's not true. And it's like, no, it is true. <laughs> it is. I was right. I still think about that yeah. fucking pastry. But also because the pastry you're describing, that seems like the kind of thing it would be almost impossible to replicate that taste yes. elsewhere. I've never, it's never been offered to me since. Yeah. Even going back to France, I've never like glanced down and been like, oh, the pistachio version of like an almond croissant, which is very common. Yeah. Um, so it could be that. It could be okay. really specific or it could just be, you know, steak. It's totally okay. up to you. I'm going to say based on the idea of what excitement I felt over you telling me that this was going to be free of allergies or any concerns. Yes, indeed. I'm going a cheese route first because Good one. the yes. older I get, the more yes. lactose unhappy I become. Yes, and indeed. I love cheese and I love a very sharp, dry, yes. like yes. a cheddar that almost has like crystals in it. It's so sharp. Yeah. Like, like your mouth makes its own water. Yes. It doesn't even make you thirsty because you're like, yes. oh, I'm I'm clearly providing all the moisture my mouth yes. needs because of the way this cheese yes. is, exists. And I can have as Great. much of it as I want yes, without indeed. Good worry. Good, good. Thousand percent. Okay. So I would do that. I would do 
Um, oh, also slightly cheese related, but like just nachos with Yo, so much crust with nachos. with with like guac and sour cream and I mean, pico de gallo. Like, all of those things, I some version of that those things I eat on such a regular basis, oh, yeah. and yet I never allow them to be nachos. Right, I never like. But also sometimes, Janet, just eat the fucking nachos. Why am I cursing all of a sudden? Uh, Only about food. I only started dropping F-bombs when we were talking about food, which is (laughs) hilarious. Um, But you know what I mean? It's like, I'll have some chips. I'll have some cheese. I'll have, I eat a lot of Mexican food. Just have a pile of nachos. Just do it once in a while, Janet. Come on. they're not even that, they can be not terrible. Do you know what I mean? Of course, because the only thing you're talking about really is the chips. If you're putting a bunch of other stuff on it, that's just, it's like, it's not... Yeah, I I love yeah. it. Nachos, agreed, Nachos, and good reminder to me. Gooey cheese, all the stuff, yeah. just so yummy. Um, and then you know, I'm just gonna like ride this lactose train. I love <laughs> I love ice cream so much, yeah. and I miss and I like a full fat like a like a, but oh just a whole ridiculous like a cookies and cream, but also mm-hmm. has hot fudge on it. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for. That right now I look at it and would be like, okay. <laughs> I can have I can have three bites of you if I'm in mixed right. company. Like right, right. Yeah. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Okay, next one. Uh, it's our mashed universe. We got to have a some sort of romantic partner that can mean whatever you want it to mean. It could be a brief fling. It could be long time asexual companionship. It could be uh, I I. It could almost be like the beer thing. Like I wish. I wanted this kind of relationship, but I don't. But for this, I'll do it. Um, or it could be like this person's very bad for me, but I'm but I can handle it. So just wait, fine are we are we naming people? This or is like, the, but yeah, but it's like it could be like characters she... again, characters okay, okay. from books, character. Yeah, I really spent too much time characterizing what the relationship could look like. Um, for some reason, I've been feeling very like I don't want feel people feel like I'm saying like, and you'll be married because. Love oh, takes yeah. so many different shapes. No, that's and fair. So lust. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested in marriage, but I am interested in fictional relationships. So this is Great. perfect for me. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um. So I'm going to time travel, and I'm going yes. to claim Gregory Peck, whom we've Great. already discussed. Oh, what a dream. Um. Though. And, pro- but uh, like specifically Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. yeah. Um. When he played Atticus Finch. Yes, yes. I would like to spend a lot of time with that person. Yes. Um, I am going to say, did you ever see or read the number one ladies detective agency? I didn't read it. I did see it. I did oh, watch it. It's a fantastic show. Yes. yes. I've watched it several times and it's every wonderful. time it finishes, I'm... D- bummed out that it's uh, you know what I got another this on season. my to do list because I watched it like when it was on and it's been a minute. No, revisit it. Do- and it's I'm so it's so good and buoyant and happy. It is great escapism. Great, work. great, great. But I would say um, Jill Scott's character in that, Ma- um, oh, Jill Scott, Madame Ramatze. Her name is Pre- is it Precious? I think her character's name is no. This is going to kill me. Understood. Yeah, Precious Ramatwe. I would like to spend so much time with her. <sighs> Remember she- when Jill Scott appeared and everyone was like, what heavenly spaceship Jill did you Scott, just get off of? She's so stunning, so oh. delicious. She also, if you haven't seen 
um, the Chappelle block party that Michelle Gondry directed. It's a, mm. oh, if you want to feel like this weekend, like, oh, yeah, I want to be at a block party outside. Listen to music with all these people. That movie can get you pretty close because awesome. the perfor- it's like the roots. It's oh. it's um, Erica Badu. It's oh so, I God, mean, it's that's Dead awesome. Prez. It's so, yes. so great. But Jill Scott comes out and she's like the like the rookie in all of it. Right. Like there's mm-hmm, all these big hard mm-hmm. hitters and she comes out and she is so confident and so oh. stunning. And they're interviewing her and the and Michelle, the Michelle Gondry, the director, has asked her something behind the camera, like, you know, are you intimidated at all or whatever? And she literally just looks at the camera and is like, So you've not heard me sing. <laughs> it is so amazing. And then they cut to her singing and you're like, oh, I see angels. Like it's so good. It's so good. For good. Her. Oh uh, yeah, I'm kind of in love with her. Ugh. So, um, let's see. And then third Ah, man, there's just so many. Mm -hmm, How mm -hmm, does one mm -hmm. winnow it down? (laughs) Okay, so this is inspired by a recent viewing of a movie. Um, It's an unusual path for me. Burt Reynolds. Okay, all right. I like it. Burt Reynolds. What was the movie that that brought that up for you? It's not a good movie. It's called Malone, and I watched it for Max Fun Drive. Um, bonus content, uh, I did an episode of Jordan Jesse Go. Nice. And it is a Burt Reynolds movie from like 1987 <laughs> or something, or 1983. But re-watching it, man, there's something I, in real life, like I'm hit or miss with dudes that are super testosterone yeah, super aggro, yeah. super yeah. like cock of the walk, right? Yeah. But I'm also convinced that I can just like, shepherd that as i need to because uh-huh. i'm also pretty arrogant uh-huh. <laughs> so there was something about like ooh, unleash because like gregory Peck yeah. to me has like some of the beautiful sort of like cerebral sensitivity yes. that i generally go for like i like a sensitive intellectual person yes, yes. same with uh precious ramwatsi yes Burt Reynolds? No. It's just it's <laughs> it's just id, right? Like it's just yeah. like this yeah. sexual like so yeah, that's what I'm gonna That's a great And I'm choice. not picking a, a character. Variety. The other two I have like yeah. characters. But this of is theirs. Burt Reynolds. Got this it. This is Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Totally yeah. get it. Understood. Okay. Uh next category, let's do let's do three conversations with a filmmaker, living or dead, that you would love to have. Just like it's just like you two on a like uh, like across couches from each other with just drinks and snacks and like they want to be with you as long as you want to be with them and just talk about their work or whatever. Yes. You can pick okay. Brain. So the first one I would say would be Chantelle Ackerman, who is a French um, or sorry, she was a Belgian director, um, but a lot of her work was in French. Um, she is Probably most known for Jean Delmont, 23, Quai du Commerce. It's just Jean Delmont is mostly how people know it. It is a beautiful four-hour film about this woman going through her daily routine in Paris um, in a very... And I watched it again recently, and she's almost never leaves her apartment. I found a lot to uh, connect to. But (laughs) Chantelle Ackerman was... um, uh, She was near the French New Wave, but was also a director that was um, 
centering on women's stories mm-hmm. with the women's perspective as a female director. Yes, indeed. What, early on. Yeah. And, um, well, I got to check it out. Yeah. And I think uh, the work she does is so like she it's that idea of giving credit to a lot of the tasks that fall to women and mm-hmm. that are therefore like not considered tasks. It's the idea of like how people who are um, like caregivers for their family or yes. homemakers that yes. it's not considered a job when in reality right. there's more work done there Absolutely. than almost anywhere. And Chantel's films was sort of acknowledging oh, okay. that and building worldviews. Lovely. Um, I would then say Ida Lupino, who Great. was um, an incredible... She was also an actress. I'm trying to find the years yeah. that she was... I mean, working. talk about ahead of the game. Like, yes. was any woman out? I mean, you would know. I wouldn't. But it feels like I, I don't hear a lot of other female names being tossed around in the era in which she was yeah. directing. It's well, she, like, was, she was directing in the 1950s, which is yeah. also when she was performing a lot. But like... Yeah, like Alice Begee was directing before then. There were certainly, there were more women actually in the mix then. It's just that because of like lackluster archiving, so many of those films have been lost to history. Right. Um, Ida was more like recognizable now because she was also an actress. And so um, she was in other people's works and was more famous that way, but like truly was sort of like doing it all. Yeah. Um, Yeah, which I've just. Anyway, I think you should look at her stuff. She's the um she was the first woman to direct a film noir. She made a film called The Hitchhiker and like oh, wow. the difference if you're looking at like how the Oh good, sirens. If you're looking oh, yeah, at no, how it, I get it. I'm surprised I haven't had eight helicopters. I was going to say normally today. it's more of a helicopter uh-huh. vibe around me. <laughs> um for her it's yeah, it's it's the idea of introducing um the women's perspective into the filmmaking again of like yeah. an established genre like noir. Yes. Um, you have that in there and suddenly a film fatale or a femme fatale can take on totally different meaning because of yeah. how women perceive women. So, okay. I'm putting the hint hanger on. Seems like um, and then God, time and space. Like there's so, there's so many. Yep. I would say, I'm like, who's around now that I would want to spend time with? Ugh. I'm, I'm literally looking at a list. I'm like, man, there's some garbage people on this <laughs> list, huh? A lot of not great people on the old... Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, I know who. I'd say Billy Wilder. Mm-hmm. I think Billy Wilder is... He's made more movies that, like, I've enjoyed or made me laugh or made me think. Like, mm-hmm. he did, speaking of noir, like, Double Indemnity, but, like, yeah. The Lost Weekend. But he also did Sunset Boulevard, Some Like It Hot. He made The Apartment, which is one of my all-time favorites. Like, Absolutely I think, amazing. Yeah, he was, he's an incredible director and had, like, such a handle for both comedy and yeah. drama. Oh, Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Uh, second to last category. Let's do three real places in the world that if we could just teleport you there, uh, that you would like to have a second home. Doesn't have to be a vacation oh, home. I it could like be that. like a working busy home, or it could be just nothing but lying around and having you know whatever vacation looks like for you. Yes. Okay. Um, th- there's an island in Greece called Paros. 
Yeah, okay. Um, and I would want that. My friend June, Mika's younger brother. You know about Mika. I do. My friend June Pierre um, is an artist and like taught there for years and got married there a couple years ago. So I got to go there. Nice. And it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Oh, great. Ever. Perfect. And it's also really hard to get to. And that sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... Um, some sort, some sort of remote mountain camp. All of these. This is ironic that I'm like I've been alone for so long. And most know, of these places, I'm like, what's hard to get to that I don't I have to it. see people? Yeah, I really get it though. Right, but I would like, like the mountain, the the um, the weird sort of haberdashery that they go to in the Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Yes, but minus all of them and right. snow. <laughs> right. I want right. to be there when it's warm. Yeah. But that's yeah. where I would like to be. In all right. of those mountains nestled in. Yes. Um, but but like by myself and without killers around me. <laughs> if I could. That's a fair ask. If I could. And right. then um I would very much like to take over whatever wherever the house I feel like it was in Majorca where they filmed season one of Love Island UK. Okay. <laughs> I would like to be at that house. It has this gigantic pool, and I've I I would like to be in that pool and in that house. Great. Uh, Okay, great. Uh, Final category. Let us do. I mean, do you want to do a little time travel? You want to do a little like see a thing that you could never see with your real eyes if you were in a safety bubble. Could be it could be that you actually get to solve a mystery that you know we don't know the answer to. Like you're yes. like, no, guys, I saw. I it. know exactly I which know. mystery I would want to solve. Okay, so three ta- three places in time you can go for you know it's for as little or as long as you like, and you are in this sort of safety bubble. Okay, good. Okay, first one. I want to go to, in real life, Agatha Christie disappeared for 11 right. days. Where was and she? there's like a bunch of theories of where she was. Yeah. But there is, it's never been truly 100% like, oh, this is where she went. I want to go to where yeah. Agatha Christie yeah. was for her missing 11 days. Yes. That's Didn't there, wasn't there a movie that I saw with Vanessa Redgrave was uh, who played it like... Wasn't there one that was about that? Like, yeah, I'm sure of, there's been a couple. I, like, there was is, a yeah. there was a Doctor Who about it. Like, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and it was a great episode. Um, but yeah, I so that one, great. the Doctor Who one, of course, involved like gigantic wasp alien uh-huh. creatures, <laughs> as you do. Yes, my version hopefully will not have those wasps. <laughs> um, my next thing, my grandpa, as I mentioned, was a marine during World War Two. And at one point, there was something, he was on an island off Japan and had been separated and basically was followed by a sniper for like four days. And then, and then like reconnected with his, his platoon or whatever. And I would like to, because he made it out. So I would like to. Yeah, yeah. Be, watch that like yeah. he wrote about it once but he was not a writer he never wanted to speak about it he typed out all the details that he could remember once hmm. but it didn't have like a lot of flourish it was like yes the first night but anyway so i'd be yeah. very interested oh that's to see great that. great choice how amazing um and then i feel like um i'd kind of like to be when my when my parents got back together again, 
Yeah. Like, because they got back together in college after my sister's story that I had mentioned earlier. Yeah. And going through this whole thing. And um, my dad is a wonderful but very Midwestern man and mm -hmm. like a very sort of uh emotionally like oh get a big fish hook to get this out uh-huh <laughs> and there's something about i would love to see that none of the gross stuff i mean right. they're my parents i'd like but the, just how they navigate i'd like the, the pg-13 version and, yeah. of them uh, coming yeah. back together yeah that's wonderful okay all right um give me an adjective that is maybe an adjective that is like a quality that you, one of the qualities that you really look for or you find yourself returning to with favorite films. An adjective that sort of describes one of the qualities, I'm getting really esoteric, but nope, nope. one of the qualities of film that you look for. Okay. Um, immersive. Great. That's all I need. I'm going to start this process so I can tell you which of wait. these, which one of these we are going to build into this MASH world. If you wouldn't mind telling people everything they need to know about you your podcast anything else people should be paying attention to that you want them to be paying attention to and supporting okay um i feel like people already know probably too much about me um so thank you for listening and uh dealing with how i have no filters and thank you for my family for dealing with that as well um i yeah so i co-host a maximum fun podcast called the untitled, currently called the Untitled Ify, Drea, and Alonso Project. Um, we are recently in the process of changing our name um, and um, we'll actually have our new name out, I think, in the next week or two. Um, so maybe around this time. But um, yeah, it's a movie podcast that I do that's um, not, you know, discussing movies uh, through the filter that's not just straight white guys. And we each have our own... Um, perspectives and backgrounds that we bring to it but it's very fun and i love those fellas and i oh, love having too. that yeah janet was a wonderful guest of ours um and i've already complimented her for walking to max fun to do our taping because <laughs> it's stuck in my head ever since I'm a freak. yeah no you're wonderful and i also um i co-host another podcast called ticklish business which is deconstructing hollywood cinema with um from sort of a feminist viewpoint and that i do with a few other women and um, and then in real life, I am a indie producer and I program festivals. And that means sort of picking the movies that show at different film festivals and hopefully helping. That's important. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's important work. And you know what I mean? That's just very, very cool. Very important work uh, that's setting, you know, that's setting legacies. It's setting legacies. There's yeah, it should not be undersold. Yeah, that's really, really important and really wonderful stuff. It's gatekeeping, and I it's take it very sure. seriously. I have yeah. a, I uh, I hold it in my heart what people entrust us with with that. So yeah, I love that. I love that. I I love that as much as I hope you love. I can't wait these things that I'm about to reveal to you. First of all, I want to congratulate you on oh, this is really working for me all of these things are really working oh, good. <laughs> for me like it feels there feels something feels like a theme um cohesive i mean it does kind of feel cohesive even though it's wildly disparate i don't know oh, good good but uh, uh okay so first of all i want to congratulate you for your mountain cabin 
songs, snow, and killers. Uh, tuck in there. It is a house, so it's not a shack cabin. It's certainly not an apartment cabin. It's not a mansion cabin. Of course you got a house. It's a perfectly si- like right size for where it is and what you want. Right there tucked into the mountains. Uh, I want to... I'm just going to go, I'm just going to say this right now. All right. Which is that of all of the people you want to be in that cabin with, I think we both know that To Kill a Mockingbird, Gregory Peck is the one. Atticus Finch, yes. So you, I mean, that's just lovely right there. Oh. Um, I, I don't know why. I mean, I guess I do know in the sense that maybe you can take him with you because I feel like he would also have an appreciation for the magic of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Which you can also go into to have this totally different, speaking of immersive, just incredibly immersive experience. Uh, You can also go into and just jump inside the pages of A Prayer for Owen Meany and be in that world with those characters. I mean, this is some real world building that's been going on. Really? Um. I mean, you picked great, great, great stuff, I would say, if you'd gotten Amelie, same kind of thing. But just in terms of the breadth of fe- the feeling of being in this other world. Well, both um, both Pan's Labyrinth and A Prayer for Owen Meany are stories that cycle around wars. Yes, And I yes. feel like Attic- Atticus Finch could give me a real... Could unlock. There's sort of a, a contextual element there that I agree that a, that a, an attorney could kind of bring to that. I agree. There's a real thoughtfulness, mm-hmm. and there's a thoughtfulness and a need for reflective stillness mm-hmm. that comes from those experiences that you take with you to the mountain cabin. Yes. Do you know we'll what I mean? The, we'll be in the right location for that. And mm-hmm. let me tell you how that also ties in so nicely with being a distant runner. Like a distance runner, where you you know what I mean. Yeah. Like there's a, again, there's a sense of motion but yes. stillness. Yes. There's a sense of travel but being in your body, very yes. in your body. Um. So that feels great to me. Also, it's just a lot of activity, and you're gonna need a lot of ice cream. There's just no doubt about it. You're gonna need to just <laughs> dig into that ice cream, and just like. I mean, listen, it's going to be fabulous. Uh, Works in any of those contexts. Um, You also get a chance to have uh, as long of a conversation as you want with Billy Wilder. (gasps) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And you also get to see uh, the PG-13 or even just PG version of seeing your parents kind of coming back to each other. I mean, this is a I mean, dream, like, Janet. Doesn't it feel cohesive? It just feels... Yes! Kind of, they all sort of put together feel... They give you a very specific feeling that I really like. Yes. Oh, I will ruminate on all of this. Great. I enjoy Great. that a lot. Thank you. Uh, I've been looking so forward to this. I'm so glad that you did the podcast. Thank you so much. I have now this robust list of stuff that I can <laughs> either return to or watch for the first time or read for the first time. I cannot wait. I kid you not, I'm instantly downloading the audiobook. Oh, good. Uh, the other Bennett sister. Oh, I hope you um, love it. I, I'm so positive that I will and not in a way that like means that I'm going to have my expectations too high. I'm just, I just know I am. So I'm very I'm very sure of it. I'm basically as sure about that as you were about the sailing trip <laughs> and like okay, where to drop anchor yes. based on a piece of paper. It's just not going to be a problem. It's I not mean, be a problem. I love that you just said that. And I want you to know, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this and to talking to you. And I know that because as someone who listens to this, 
You're just a very good listener, but normally very good listeners are not also very good talkers. And you really do both really, really well. So, oh, gosh, thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah. I'd be in so much trouble if I did one. I mean, listen, and I'm sure there are people who feel I don't do one of the two well or neither of the two well. But if it would be, it would be, it would be, I, that's, I really appreciate that. That just yeah. means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, if you are listening to this and you feel like you missed Max Fun Drive because it was one, it was just a few days ago, um, I want you to rest assured that you can always become a Max Fun member. And if you are in a position where you can't stand the fact that you may not get some tea <laughs> or a pin, I feel like I could hook you up. I'm just saying I feel like I could hook you up. So don't let that stop you from joining the fam. Uh, It's a wonderful group of people. And everyone listening, I hope you are feeling well, sane. And I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Save kittens from trees Or lunch on skyscrapers Bring the villains to their knees Maybe we should Move someplace new And build time machines To go and get us back MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.